0: Welcome to episode 89 of the truth Quest podcast, the truth about February 2020. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as secession, abortion, the State of the Union, capitalism, or the United States at War comes up, please share the topic-specific truth Quest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean.com, and most recently, ThinkSpot. The video version of the podcast are available on YouTube, bitshoot.com, and brightteon.com. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook and Twitter advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. The month of February started out with a bang. Brexit was finally executed. It only took three prime ministers, two general elections, and three and a half years of arguments since the public voted to leave. As discussed in the last episode, 87 and 88, about secession... Decentralization and self-determination beat one-size-fits-all omnipotent power from on high every single time it's tried. Liberty and freedom are wonderful things. The Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl after a 50-year hiatus from appearing in the game. The commercials were mediocre by Super Bowl standards. My favorite was the Cool Ranch Doritos ad. The halftime show may as well have been a strip tease with Jennifer Lopez and someone I never heard of pole dancing and ass shaking. I'm so glad I didn't have young children at the time watching the game with me. How uncomfortable. The coronavirus. The death toll mounted throughout the month. Millions of Chinese were quarantined. Thousands of bodies were apparently burned there. Disinformation was rampant coming out of China. The scientists that blew the whistle on the virus outbreak in Wuhan, China, on an obscure message board for doctors back in December, died of the virus. Cruise ships full of people potentially infected were quarantined for weeks. There were confirmed cases of the virus in dozens of countries around the world. Japan closed their schools until the end of March. Italy had 500 confirmed cases. Germany, 21. There were 700 people in New York that were isolated. California had 31 confirmed cases and, apparently, over 8,000 people in isolation. President Trump put Vice President Pence in charge of the United States' response to the virus. I don't know about you, but I feel so much better now. Kind of like when Obama appointed a guy named Ron Klain as the administration's Ebola response coordinator. Klein had previously worked for the Obama administration as chief of staff for Vice President Joe Biden and had no experience in the healthcare industry or medical field. Both of these were and are worthless gestures designed to make all of us feel better. Please, spare us all. The federal government is only good at one thing, sucking at everything they do. The stock markets collapsed in the last two weeks of the month. It was blamed on the coronavirus, of course, as supply lines were being impacted coming out of China. The real blame sits with the world's central banks, who have held rates at record lows, sometimes negative, for over a decade. They are also expanding credit, printing money, and those dollars make their way into the stock market, creating yet another bubble. Looks like the coronavirus could be the pin that pricked the bubble. And remember, as Peter Schiff said in a recent podcast episode, it doesn't matter what the pin is that pricks the bubble, it's how big the bubble is that gets pricked. And this stock market is a giant steaming bubble. At some point we're going to be in for a world of hurt. The S&P 500 and Nasdaq were down almost 13% in the last 10 days of the month. The Dow Jones was down 14% in the last 3 weeks of the month. Gold was flat, believe it or not. It was up almost 100 bucks an ounce throughout the month as all this mess hit, but over the last 4 trading days of the month it dumped all of those gains. Speculation was that with the stock markets crashing, investors were selling gold to cover margin calls. FYI, through the first two trading days of March, the price of gold recovered 75% of its recent losses. Nothing like a little volatility. Leading up to the Democratic primary-slash-caucus, the Des Moines Register declined to publish its highly touted poll. Speculation swirled that Bernie led by a large margin, so they wanted to suppress the news. And we didn't find out for several days who actually won the primary, which, if you care, was Pete Buttigieg. As if the 100% failure rate of socialism weren't enough. As if the failed war on poverty wasn't enough. As if the economy's performance during the eight years of Obama administration wasn't enough. And as if the Obamacare law, the dilapidated state of the cities of Oakland, Detroit, and Baltimore weren't enough. As if Hillary stealing the Democratic nomination from Bernie back in 2016 weren't enough. As if the sham impeachment of Trump wasn't enough to demonstrate what happens when Democrats have sole power of government, the Iowa primary, or caucus, stood as yet another shining example of Democrat corruption and, or ineptitude. So it appears that the Democrats did exactly what they spent three years accusing Trump of doing, rigging an election, or in this case, a caucus in Iowa. Rush Limbaugh announced that he had late-stage lung cancer. Liberals and many of my sick Facebook friends cheered, These people are animals. Go back and check the news feeds from back when Ted Kennedy was dying or Robert Byrd's death. Can you find any evidence, with the exception of an anonymous idiot on Twitter here and there, of people cheering these guys pending death? In his closing statement of the Trump impeachment, Congressman Adam Schiff suggested that if Trump was not found guilty and removed from office, he could hand Alaska over to the Russians and leave the White House for his resort in Florida leaving Jared Kushner in charge of foreign policy. The Senate acquitted the President on both articles of impeachment. Every Democrat voted guilty. Very classy, guys. Republican Senator Mitt Romney voted guilty on the abuse of power article. Then, anti-Trump impeachment witness Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman and his twin brother were fired and escorted out of the White House by security. Vindman, a Ukraine specialist who sat on the National Security Council, who was accused of being coached by House Intel Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, was present on the July 25th phone call between President Trump and the Ukraine President Zelensky when the U.S. President asked Ukraine to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter, as well as claims of pro-Clinton meddling in the 2016 U.S. election. He was also counseling Ukraine on how to counter President Trump's foreign policy, according to the New York Times, which led some to go as far as to accuse him of being a double agent. Then Trump fired United States ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sutherland. Remember, he testified in Trump's impeachment inquiry that there was no quid pro quo when Trump asked President Zelensky to investigate the Bidens while withholding United States military aid, unbeknownst to, to Zelensky at the time, of course. Sutherland later flipped his testimony slightly to cover his ass. And what did he get for his troubles? Relieved of duty. Trump gave his third State of the Union address, I produced an entire episode about the spectacle known as the State of the Union. Listen to episode 85 for that. Suffice it to say that Trump played up his record and the Democrats sat on their hands the entire night, refusing to applaud lower unemployment, lower poverty, and fewer people on his food stamps. Quite a remarkable exhibition of partisan hackery by both sides. Bernie Sanders won the New Hampshire primary, barely beating former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg. An angry white guy drove a vehicle through a voter registration tent occupied by Trump supporters in Jacksonville, Florida. He admitted to police that he had an anti-Trump motive and told authorities, quote, someone had to take a stand, end quote. The mainstream media barely covered the incident, just like they did when Crazy Bernie supporters shot up the GOP congressional softball practice, almost killing Congressman Steve Scalise. Imagine if a Republican did the same. Full disclosure, I realize his race has nothing to do with the story, but since many of you likely never heard about this story because the news outlets in which you frequent did not cover it, his race is relevant only because if this had been a angry white guy Democrat hater, it would have been wall-to-wall coverage for days. A federal appeals court tossed out a lawsuit brought by congressional Democrats alleging that President Trump violated the Constitution's Emoluments Clause by using the White House to profit from the presidency. Don't worry, Trump haters. The Dems will sue him for something else in a matter of days. In an effort to appear relevant, billionaire and former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg, who as of today has spent over half a billion dollars of his own money to pursue the Democrat nomination for president. Anyways, he floated the idea of Hillary Clinton as his running mate. Now, I understand that she got more actual votes than Trump in 2016, but she is a two-time loser. First, to a community organizer who had not even served one term in the United States Senate, and second to a reality TV star, real estate mogul. She is by far the most polarizing and corrupt politician of the last 50 years, proving Bloomberg's campaign is dead in the water. Trump granted clemency to former Democratic governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, who was convicted of corruption over Obama's vacated Senate seat. He did the same for Bernard Carrick, former New York City police commissioner during the 9-11 attacks, who was convicted of tax fraud. And he pardoned junk bond king Michael Malkin, who was busted for insider trading. The Boy Scouts of America filed bankruptcy due to the cost of settling a series of sexual abuse lawsuits. Most media stories ignored the fact that the Boy Scouts sold their soul to the woke devil several years ago when they agreed to accept girls into the Boy Scouts. The organization died that day. In the Democrats' debate prior to the Nevada primary, Bloomberg was attacked for a number of reasons, including being a billionaire, stop and frisk, and being a pig with women. Sanders caught some slack from other candidates, but as always, he sidestepped the confrontation and never answered a question directly, especially when it comes to the details of his agenda. Roger Stone, a longtime Republican operative and ally of President Trump, was sentenced to 40 months in prison in a case brought by Robert Mueller's special counsel investigation. He was originally sentenced to an insane seven to nine year prison term. Trump spoke out against it, and as with everything he does, controversy ensued. Attorney General Bill Barr pretty much told Trump to stop tweeting about the ongoing Justice Department cases. Several prosecutors who recommended that Stone receive the harsher sentence resigned after reports emerged that they misled the DOJ. Bernie Sanders won the Nevada primary. Harvey Weinstein was convicted of rape and sexual assault, sealing his incredible fall from powerful Hollywood studio boss and hobnobber with high-profile National Democrats to convicted rapist. What a piece of shit. Joe Biden on the stump in South Carolina said he is a candidate for the United States Senate. Trump spoke to a crowd of over 100,000 people in India. In the Democrats' debate in South Carolina, Biden claimed that 150 million people have been killed by guns since 2007. Project Veritas caught a top journalist at ABC, David Wright, saying he is a socialist, and he admitted that they suppress stories that make Trump look good. What media bias. Joe Biden won the South Carolina primary. The month ended with billionaire Tom Steyer dropping out of the presidential race after getting spanked by Biden in South Carolina. If you are looking for an easy-to-read reference guide to have on your desk or bookshelf that covers many of the topics tackled here on the TruthQuest podcast, grab a copy of my book, Critical Thinking, spelled with a P like Paul. The subtitle is... The Lost Art of Critical Thinking and Common Sense in Politics and Public Policy. In it, I tackle dozens of public policy issues from a pragmatic and logical perspective. It's available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for more information. And as always, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.